So I can't help but feel that once again, we find ourselves at one of those pivotal moments in technological advancement that is going to change everything in a fundamental way. And of course, I'm talking about artificial intelligence that isn't just another interesting technology like, say, VR or blockchain. This one, I'm convinced, is an absolute game changer. Bill Gates recently described it as fundamental as the creation of the microprocessor, the personal computer, the internet, and the mobile phone. And he is, of course, right. As with those technologies, companies will rise and fall because of AI. Entire careers will vanish while new ones will emerge and our daily lives will be changed forever. Now, I use the future tense, but in truth, it's already started. Early adopters, such as myself, if I'm being honest, are already integrating AI into various aspects of their lives, from improving their health to planning road trips. More importantly, we're integrating it into our work lives, from answering emails and creating reports to analysing data or creating presentations. As Bill Gates added on Twitter, it will change the way people work, learn, travel, get healthcare and communicate with each other. Soon it will change pretty much every activity humans do and by extension every organisation and business. We're looking at another digital revolution, but this time much, much faster. Your digital transformation strategy that your organisation used and took years to implement is not going to cut it this time around. You might believe that I'm exaggerating. However, history shows that I'm not. Each new technology from the automobile and the telephone through to the internet and the smartphone has been adopted faster than the last. However, you can expect AI to be adopted even faster than usual because unlike other new technologies, the barrier to entry is so low. While most technology has a steep learning curve in its early days, Anyone can use AI right now as long as they know how to type. Additionally, the fact that access to AI is currently free means that we're at the beginning of widespread adoption already. The only limit to AI adoption by people and organisations is their imagination. All of this is to say that organisations and individuals need to act now if they want to survive this tsunami of change. Yes, I know this sounds a little bit like fear-mongering, but I don't think it is, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. And most importantly, I actually see it as an opportunity, not something really to fear. As organisations, we're going to need AI strategies, and to be honest, we need them now. So, where should you begin in creating an AI strategy? Ah, here's the interesting thing, there's no handbook for this. It's all new territory. What we do know is we can't rely on traditional business strategies to approach this particular problem. We can't afford to form working groups, have endless meetings and go through large consultation processes. We have to be more agile than that. We just don't have the time for the traditional ways of working. First off, we're going to need someone to take point on this. Someone who can carry out initial research and identify various projects that need to be done to help an organisation adapt to AI. Now, your initial reaction might be that you could use an outside consultant for that, and that is certainly an option, but I would warn you to be careful. Things are moving so fast that the big traditional players like Ernst & Young or Accenture or KPMG are struggling to keep up. They don't really know any more than anybody else. There are so few genuine experts in this field, and I, I would be suspicious of anybody that claims to be so. 
I certainly wouldn't make that claim despite having explored AI in considerable depth. Secondly, it's easy to get bogged down in procurement and contract negotiations when it comes to hiring an outside consultant, and that can easily stall the review before it even begins. Speed is of the essence when it comes to AI strategy and adoption. So once you've got your person, their first job is to ensure that they have a reasonable handle on what AI is capable of. Reasonable is probably as much as you can hope for at this stage as things are still moving so fast. Last week alone, we saw new versions of ChatGPT and Midjourney, as well as announcements by Microsoft and Google that they would be integrating this technology into their office suites. And at time of recording, there's been even more announcements, and this week is moving even faster than last one. This also highlights the need to have a person who can be reasonably up to speed with what's coming down the pipeline too. For example, your organization and its employees need to be prepared for when Microsoft suddenly drop a load of AI tools on you through your office suite that you're already using. The next step is to establish how these tools can be the support or potentially threaten the organization's activities. This is where it's time to carry out some quick and dirty user research. I would recommend a mixture of surveying and employee interviews to understand what kind of jobs people are doing that could be impacted by AI. Broadly speaking, we're looking to establish what kind of things people are writing, what media they're creating, and what data they're analyzing, as these are the biggest areas of AI advancement at the moment. The result of this research should give you an indication of what impact AI could have on your operations as they stand today. Some kind of threat and opportunity analysis would seem the logical outcome or deliverable. I use the word seems because I don't really know. Nobody does and nobody's done this before. We can't really apply some off-the-shelf solution here. What you're looking to end up with is basically two lists. First, we want a list of threats that AI is in danger of either fundamentally disrupting or destroying entire business models or processes. We need to know if that's gonna happen. And second, we need a list of opportunities that AI provides to be more efficient or move into new areas. With that done, I'd probably recommend identifying a series of projects that could explore each of these opportunities and threats in more depth. Some of these projects will be technical in nature, such as adopting a new piece of technology, but a lot will involve training staff and even encouraging cultural change. Be very careful not to fixate on the technology itself. I see too many IT projects rolled out that then fail because there's a lack of training and adoption. It's how the technology empowers employees and customers that really matters. And that's where our focus needs to be, not on the technology itself. The chances are you identify a lot of projects, more than you're going to be able to tackle in a timely manner. So you're going to have to triage those challenges. The danger at this point is that the organization goes into panic mode, trying to address too many of these initiatives simultaneously. I've seen this time and again with digital transformation initiatives, and I see no reason why it's not going to be similar as we get into AI. The problem with kicking off a large number of projects simultaneously is that it will slow overall progress. Projects will be plagued with interdependencies and resources will be overstretched. The result will be a large number of person hours being sunk into AI adoption and implementation without any single initiative getting over the line and generating a return for the business. 
Instead, we should create a backlog of initiatives that need to be undertaken, ordered based on some kind of triage system. Now, I've talked before about triaging. Essentially, what we're doing is we're seeking to assign a points value to any AI-related project that will establish its position in a backlog. The more points a project has, the nearer the top it will be of the backlog and the faster it's going to be implemented. This also allows for change. So as new AI capabilities emerge, that's going to create new potential projects. But instead of these projects ending up at the bottom of the list, they will be assessed and then slotted into the appropriate position in the backlog based on their points value. In terms of how you point these potential projects, I'd recommend keeping it simple. The more complicated the assessment criteria, the longer it's going to take. And remember that speed is going to be essential here. Maybe five simple criteria with a one to five rating might be enough. Something like maybe overall organizational benefit. To what level would a successful implementation of the project benefit the organization? And then you might have effort to implement. How complicated is the project to develop and what are the associated costs? You could have effort to adopt. So how easy or otherwise will it be to roll the project out and how likely is it to have widespread adoption? Then you could have customer benefit. What benefit, if any, will the project have for customers? And then ongoing support. What level of ongoing support will this project require and are there appropriate resources in place? You will need to customize this, obviously, to suit your organization, but be very careful of over-engineering. Keep it simple. Once you have a backlog in place, you can start working through the projects in order of priority. And as I've already said, you need to resist the urge to work on too many projects simultaneously. Instead, only take on multiple projects if you have completely separate teams working on them, and even then, only if they're completely independent from one another. Try to avoid interdependencies at all costs, even if that means implementing a less than perfect solution. In fact, avoid perfection generally. Organizations have a tendency to undertake long and detailed specification phases in an attempt to nail down every detail and to implement the best possible solution. And of course, that makes perfect sense if you're building a factory or something like that, where a mistake is going to be enormously costly. However, this approach can actually be harmful for digital projects, especially when things are changing so fast. If you use traditional project management processes with AI projects, I can almost certainly guarantee that once the project goes live, it'll already be out of date. Instead, you need to adopt an iterative approach where you can quickly implement solutions that get you up and running as fast as possible. And then you can incrementally improve over time. I would actually also favor pilot projects rather than widespread rollout. This will give you time to refine your approach and iron out any kinks and it will reduce the cost and the likelihood that employees might reject the solution. Finally, think carefully about long-term support for all these AI technologies you're about to adopt. Organizational tendency to think in terms of finite projects can be dangerous when it comes to digital, especially with technologies that are continually improving like AI and will do so for some time to come. The danger is that you're going to reach the end of a project and the people, the money and the resources are going to be redirected elsewhere. However, when this happens, the deliverable doesn't get optimized, meaning it's never really as effective as it could be and it quickly becomes out of date or even redundant. 
It may be better to think in terms of AI services rather than AI projects. An ongoing commitment to offer AI services that can aid employee productivity, improve user experience, and increase organizational effectiveness. So that's how I would personally go about approaching an AI strategy for one of my clients. But let me be honest, I don't really know. Nobody does. This is all new. We're all trying to keep our head above the water of this tsunami of change. That said, we will have to work something out because this is coming whether we're ready for it or not. Perhaps my experience in digital transformation will help me. Perhaps it won't. I'll have to wait and see. However, if you believe that I can help in some way in this area, then I'm more than happy to have a chat with you. Just drop me an email at paul at